from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Kitano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It is a tabletop RPG inspired world building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where every episode, Jeff and I take a brilliant listener submitted prompt. We take that prompt and create an original fantasy character on the spot or myth or location or legendary weapon or whatever magic system character class we create a fantasy world one episode at a time and you punch your pop filter because you're so excited because it's been yeah. so long yeah it's 2023 we're Chop making that an thing. episode hit that thing yeah. give it a, give it a whack oh god i am so ready for this i'm so uh, excited it has, been, it has been a minute i'm excited this is great i look i i, I mean you know i it is no secret that i am at least somewhat of a fan of this podcast yeah and, uh, i am excited to sit down and get to record it again with my good buddy what a time to be alive now for the first time in 2023 i get to ask you what is getting you excited fired up and happy this week uh not much um <laughs> It's my favorite, like, it is truly, maybe not my favorite time of year, but, like, my second favorite time of year. Uh, it's kind of becoming, like, it's becoming a part of my favorite time of year. You know Why that I that? am a sucker Why? for the, you, you know that I, I love the winter holidays. Yes, but the holiday, we're, we're past those, so now why is this, and you live in the Northeast, your I've favorite kind, time It's of cold, year? it's gray, it's miserable, but, like, I've kind of rearranged uh, my life uh, or the flow of my year a little bit okay so now i'm taking all of january to be like what are my goals for the year ahead like i'm not like actioning anything i'm taking the time to like sit and go like what happened last year that i'm proud of what do i wish went differently what do i want to achieve in the next year i'm like doing all of that kind of planning stuff love that but i'm giving myself the full month to do it and to kind of get a vision of like where i want to go in the next year Fuck yes. And like traditionally January is a rough month for me because it is the end of the holidays and it's gray and miserable and just a shitty experience. And it really is. It's we're in that holiday uh slog now where there's no there's no fun to be had for quite a while yeah. in terms of holiday. So like this is this has kind of changed it into a time for me to kind of sit in reflection and like plan projects and go like i want this to come out over the summer i'm gonna figure out the steps to do that and put it into my little to-do list app and like make that happen and i'm very excited that's what's getting me excited this week good 2023 is the year of like making goals and executing them but also like doing it in a healthy happy manner i yeah. think um what's getting me excited this week is i uh put on twitter that i went to prospect park yesterday to like walk as i have done many a time uh i bring a notebook this time I didn't. Um, I am trying to. It's been a long time uh, for me struggling and stressing and trying to get things done and try to like you know make something of myself creatively. It's been seven and a half years of me living in this apartment, going like trying to make the podcast happen, trying to make voice acting happen, and then recently something good happened where I got like really good representation. Hey, listener, for voiceover, and it's great, but. I have to now retrain myself 
to not be in this desperate state of stress clawing and like i live in this constant state of stress for i'd lived i'm going to use productive language where everything would be like how do i get inspiration from this how do i write something for this put it in the podcast how do i use this how do i take this and use it to propel my career or turn it into something so i'm not wasting my time so every time i go to prospect park i'd bring a notebook and write ideas for fantasy even though they'd never make it into the show just to like be creative to that whole do something for your career every day thing Prospect Park became my place for that. And so now that I'm kind of in a place where I got a thing that is important and big, I'm trying to retrain myself to enjoy things without turning them into productivity exercises and stress-related activities. So I went to the park, and I just looked at birds and dirt, and I walked around, I listened to the Near Automata soundtrack, and I would had a great time, and I didn't do anything productive. I just walked around. It was awesome. And I'm trying, I'm excited to take that energy moving forward. I started Breath of the Wild. I am just kind of fucking off because now I actually have work to do in addition to like survival job stuff. But like I have the creative goal stuff. I handle that. And then I'm like, oh, free time. And I'm trying to take free time and not turn it into work time. That's what's getting me excited. And it's going actually kind of well, actually enjoying my life. Uh, I am, I, I, Jeff Stormer, your friend of many years, uh, am delighted to hear this. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been nice. It's been nice. So I'm so excited to actually like do this. Cause I'm, I have this weird new headspace approaching AMFC where I'm like, ugh, I miss it. And I like it because I'm not honestly a listener, like trying to use it as some vehicle to like, you know, get myself out there and things like that. I still, you know, I still care and I want it to be big and I want it to be something that lots of people can enjoy, but there's no pressure that I'm putting on myself. I think that's a better way of putting it. That means a huge amount. I mean, that's where, candidly, that's where I've been for a long time with the show. Like, and it is, uh, it's what makes the show so special to me is that like, and I've said this on the on the show before, and I've said this to you before. Like the thing, like the show is special to me because I get an hour every. I get an hour. Uh, I was about to say every week, whenever we find <laughs> yeah, time for whenever it. Like, we find time. It is an hour where I get to sit down with my best friend and and play games for an hour, and yeah. like that's a pretty rare and special thing. And I think like cherishing it on its own terms like that is. A, a really like it rules it, it fucking kicks ass it this really show does it's great <laughs> this show is great and i want we talked about it uh, off mic and i put it at like the audio extra but if you don't listen to those or this is your first episode we were talking about like maybe this year or whenever we want we focused a lot in last year in 2022 about like making the world bigger and making standalone episodes for listeners who've never listened to the backlogs they could jump in and expanding the size of the world that things that aren't related to like the ley lines and the five and the old school stories that we told. But I'm like, what if we went back and fleshed out a lot of things now that we know so much more about the world? Like, what if we went back to things like, you know, not wizard, but like Shao Clown and like Ansel Mind Freak, like old shit, you know, even things like Pyra Spencer. I miss, I miss the kids. I miss oh, yeah, my no. fantasy children. You miss all of your fantasy children. Sure. Is that what the show? Oh, damn. Wow. But anyway, so prompt this week, Jeff, comes to us from our Discord, from Discord user Saf. Hi, Saf. Prompt is the Green Knight. Now, knights are a very uh, famous thing in the world of all my fantasy children. The quickest lore refresher I can give you 
is that long ago in the city of Dragon, before we, uh, when humans were created by Lumina Dawnspear and Impea Lacus's gay love, their light reflect, their love reflected in the crystal uh, relic around Lumina Dawnspear's neck, and it beamed out beams of light, and humans were created and came to Earth. Anywho. Lumina has this team of how many knights? God, 17 knights? 17. 17 knights that fought for her during the Battle of Iron Hill. Now, we have met, I have this written down, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of 17. Pickles the Pickle, Delta, Headless Seven, B-Sharp, Callahan, uh, nine and 13. I can't remember their names. I'm so sorry to them. But this knight, this is the Green Knight. And if that's like their unofficial title, official title, TBD. Now, what are what is your first thought when I say the Green Knight? Besides that incredible film slash book that I had to read in seventh grade, I was about to say my first thought is that this is Dev Patel. Yeah, one hundred percent. Boat. Yeah, got a great, great face of facial hair, some dreamy eyes you could get lost in. Yep. And that's the episode. We're just going to recap the movie, The Green Knight. This is how a film <laughs> recap podcast. New, we told you knew it was coming. <laughs> we sit down and just talk about movies that admittedly I have not seen, but I would like to make some time for. You know, no one's ever done that podcast premise before. <laughs> no, but what? What is like a, just an image, maybe a, a word that comes into your head when you think, think fantasy and The Green Knight? I go to the play on like green as in young immediately. Oh, fuck. That's what you went. This is but why I think you're that's good. Also, but I think that's also like me thinking about like that's also the plot of the film The Green Knight. So okay. I want to like okay. push ag- like the idea is that he's young and impetuous yes. and I want to like push against that. Okay. Okay. And also like Boxcar was kind of like young yeah, and like yeah, there's yeah. a couple we've kind of we've kind of told the young knight story. Yes. So what if so then going the other direction um can I tell you about a thing that I've been a game I've been playing uh, one of these videoed games? Yes. Recently? Well, I've never heard of them, but which one? I've been playing a game called Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. It's like a very classic, like, roguelike style game. You're just Love like it. a weird, fucked up little guy running through a dungeon. <laughs> Sounds about right. And, like, one of the, like, bosses of the game, right? Like, like they, like, it's all randomly generated, so it'll periodically just drop in, like, a fucked up super enemy for you to fight. Certain enemies get like rooms, right? Like they get a room or a domain, and I vision, and one of them is like plants, and that idea okay. of like a knight that lives in verdant green, mm. like as their space is the visual that I get, like a knight in a domain of flowers and plant like rich greenery. I like where it. A it's lot. almost like a it's a it's a nickname because they are the knight of like they are they are the knight who lived amongst these flowers. Yes, because an important distinction for lore of, of, of this situation is there's all these 17 knights that are, you know, trained with Lumina Dawnspear, became like these super essentially super soldiers. And then Lumina was like, go live your lives. Like until I need you, go fuck off. Like be people, be enjoy your life. But when I blow this horn, Come back to me because it's time to fuck shit up. I'll need you for something, unfortunately. They're not like, you know, tools of war. It's more of like, I need help. And, you know, uh, I can't stop someone like Arthur of Iron Hill without a little hand. So I like the idea of this knight went off when, when they were told to like bounce. They always had an affinity for plants. Maybe it's part of like their... Their build, essentially, their like weapon set, their skill set, their magic type has always been plants and nature and things, 
or time. And when they were like, you know, go off and do your thing, they went out into the middle of fuck all. You know, they went out into nature and existed as one because the image that I get is on like a suit of armor or whatever clothing. I just see moss. So I get this idea of like time and someone who lives a part of nature, maybe is part plant. Who knows? But I do like the idea of someone who lives amongst nature as the green knight. Like, because they all have they all have nicknames. You are, you know, number seven. Your name code name is Headless. If you're eight, your code name was B Sharp. Uh, four is Delta, blah, 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 blah. So the Green Knight is not a bad one. No, no, it's a good name. It's a good, it's a good nickname. Okay. So I'm gonna say it was pointed out to us like eons ago, I think by NW Theory, that we have no knights that use she her pronouns. So I'm perfectly okay with locking that in Do for it. this character. Lock it in. Cool. So she is the green knight. She lives amongst plants or lived and is now back. The the picture that I want to paint for you is the 17 knights are, well, there's 16 because seven doesn't show. There are 16 knights on the edge of dragon staring down. This is after the horn has been called. They've been called back. We see them one by one as we pan left to right. The camera stops on the green knight. What do they look like in your head? You don't have to describe like face, hair, things like that. More of like clothing, style. Uh, what are they wearing? What's what weapon is that? Their hip or on their back? You know, what's what's their what's their scoop? First thing I see is a posture. Okay. And the first thing that I see is arms open and extended, a a bottle in hand, maybe a maybe a horn in the other. There is this image of gardener or like um like person uh attuned to nature so to speak okay of like the very kind of monastic solemn thing i picture this as being very like this is this is a place of celebration you know what i mean like i'm picturing like you you walk into a you walk into a place and there is and and she is there like arm extended with like a a horn and a bottle like welcome we have food we have drink we have everything that we can enjoy come sit tell me of your travels tell me of your tales like we are here to party i enjoy this very much because when i think of nature if you've ever been on a long hike listener i know you jeff if you've ever been on a long hike time is weird or if you've ever been out in nature for a long time it's weird when you don't have a schedule except the sun you realize how much time is really in a day and you start to see how much you stress about dumb shit and scheduling and the difference between two and three thirty when you're not looking at a clock and you're outside is very little and you feel the length of days because you usually wake up like seven, six thirty when you're outside and you have a lot of time. So I feel like the green knight, her perception of time and things that actually matter because if you are attuned to plants and nature that shit moves on a different pace than humans and people than us it is slow it is lengthy what is it a tree grows like a a foot in a year like that's gigantic you know that's i don't even know if that's true but nature moves slow so i feel like this is someone with a relaxed attitude because it's more about like, not, is it a nothing matters kind of attitude? Because at the end, nature's going to reclaim us all. All we're ever going to do is feed the plants one day with our corpse 
And so, you know, all we can hope to do is enjoy the bounty of this world. I think it's that in a big way, especially because uh, in the time since we watched, since the time since we last recorded, I watched a film. Uh, I watched a film that came out in the year that it that it came. I watched a film in the year that it was released, and that never happens. Wow. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> what was the film? It's you're gonna laugh because it was also the film that everybody watched last year. I watched everything everywhere all at once. See, I haven't fucking seen it, so I heard oh, it's, it's absolutely oh, incredible, it's breathtaking. Uh, like it's one of those movies that like Jen and I finished and just sat for a little bit. Damn. Uh, it is fun and funny and joyful and sad and all of these things. Just in a wonderful, amazing film. But like, it has a core sense that like. It definitely evokes, and I've seen people point this comparison, it is that meme of the person sitting in grayscale uh, against the wall with, like, what ni- what people think nihilism is where it's like nothing matters and then yeah. it's like a it's like a person in a tie-dye t-shirt with sunglasses it's like what what nihilists actually are like and it's like nothing matters and i picture it's that same sense right it's like eh you know we've got the time that we've got i'm gonna enjoy it like and there's a there's a magic that comes with that of like you said like time lasts longer those mo- you know there's if we think about magic as we've talked about before on the show this sense of you do something to such a degree that it becomes magical. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't savoring a moment also fall oh, into fuck. that that cat? Like, wouldn't that also yes. be something you could do to such a degree that you evoke magic with it? May I make a big pitch on that? Yeah. What the Green Knight is able to do, should they want? Like, yes, attunement with plants. It doesn't have to be an attunement with plants. You just said they live amongst them. This doesn't have to be like a geomancer or, you know, I don't druid. think it's poison. I don't think it's poison ivy. I think no. it is it is just they just they just do it because like they're pretty. They are it is I, it's I fun. like it's seeing nice. the sights. I like, you know, the the act of tending to a garden is comforting and fun and plants are weird and I like them. And as we find out more, we'll get like a nice justification for like why that came to be. But I feel like their magic in terms of a knight, in terms of like, you know, fantasy setting, I want to fiddle with the idea that you said savoring a moment becomes magic. They are able to create little sphere, basically lock people, moments, spaces in time. Small, but if you want it to be slowed down, you can. It's the idea of slowing time in a set area around a person, around a thing, around an arrow flying towards you. You put a little bubble in front of you of time slow magic because you you savor life and you have an understanding. The Green Knight is such an understanding of time and the universe and how reality works that almost they're able to fiddle with that. They can play with that fabric with those threads. They can't control it. I think of it as more of like all you can do is savor and enjoy, meaning you can you can slow. I feel like it's used in a multitude of ways. Like, yes, and obviously, like, combat, someone's coming at you with a sword, and you're like, the fuck you do? Now your sword's going, like, pudding speed. But I imagine the night before the Battle of Iron Hill, when almost every single one of these people died, the knights sat around this fire. We've talked about this fire and this conversation so many times where they reflect, and they meet up after years, and they party, and they hang. That, it's very hyperbolic time chamber, DBZ. The Green Knight... She expanded this realm uh, distortion, kind of, you know, this this time shift around that bonfire, around this meeting. It lasted one full week, but in reality, it was like two hours. 
because yeah, that's sick. because she wanted to savor it. And it might have been a big expense of like her physical energy. Like she might have gone to the battle exhausted because if she knows what really matters, right? She would have spent one week with these people who she loved, expended a ton of her magical energy and went into battle a little more tired and exhausted because at the end of the day, if she falls, it's not the end of the world. But if she doesn't have that time with them, that seven days spent around the fire talking, partying, catching up, that would have meant more than dying, losing out on that. I actually want to build on that a little bit because like we have said, so uh, we have 17 nights. Mm -hmm. One of them didn't show up. Well, technically, two of them didn't That's show up. That's what I was about up. to say. One of them didn't show up, and one of them swapped swapped places with somebody else to with go into hiding. Some asshole adventurer. Yes. Pickles the Pickle was number three, swapped armor with an adventurer so they could become Pickles the Pickle permanently in that town. The adventurer went off to battle and died, and we know Headless Seven did not go to the Battle of Iron Hill. And I kind of love the idea, like, tying on that theme very specifically of, like, there's a there's a, a tragedy there of like there are reasons why a lot of the knights fell that day. Mm-hmm. And I think that like hers is less exhaustion and more acceptance veer almost veering into disinterest. Okay. It's almost a sense of like if we have been called into battle, I'm not making it out of here alive. Yeah. I'm gonna enjoy this moment with my friends. And if I go into ba- and I'm going to go into battle, I'm going to keep them safe. I'm going to keep them safe, and I'm going to I'm going to when the time comes, I'm going to fight as hard as I can. If I fall, I fall. But like I have this opportunity to use this magic to create a moment that will live forever. That is far more important to me than using it on a battlefield. I am at peace with that. And I think something tragic about all of this is we know the story of the Green Knight when she slowed down time for one week around a bonfire, around an encampment of her friends and allies as they caught up and drank and, you know, made up, made bonds, made new bonds, told new stories. But in reality, she was also waiting for Seven to show. So mm-hmm. she's like, he's coming. She's, he's coming. Give it, give it more, give us, give it more time. I feel like after the seventh day in that camp, she was like, she was the one I feel like who was like, enough. And then released it, and it was time to go. I think the other the other half of that, if we're if we're if we're tying that together and we're pulling on this, uh, I'm sure we gave them a name, but I don't think we actually. I don't remember if we did or not. Who who who? Whoever took the place of Pickles the pickle? No, it was just some asshole adventurer. It was just a random douche. They showed up, and it was twenty. Like to them, it was twenty minutes. Oh, because they weren't tied to the the bond. Like she consciously, like she very consciously was like, to us, this is going to be seven days of us like making amends and saying what needs to be said and celebrating and partying and living our lives to the best. You're going to fall asleep in a minute, wake up and not realize that anything has happened. Oh, because my you God. Are, because she because I think I like the idea that she sees this person in three's armor and goes, I don't fucking know you. You're you're no you're not my friend. You are nothing and are not invited to my party. But but doesn't tell anyone because we said that this is a fun throwback. We said in pickles the pickle episode that this this person in three's armor shows up, goes to the bonfire and is just quiet, says nothing because they just crave battle and mayhem. They just wanted to fight in the battle of Iron Hill. They wanted cool weapons and armor, so they took three spot. That means that the Green Knight she knows 
she knows that this person's a fake because the magic literally doesn't affect them and is like, I don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, I'm not I I'm not I'm not sharing my gift. Which you're not is invited to, to my party. You're not invited <laughs> to my party. Like, I don't know you. It's that experience when somebody ran when somebody crashes party. and you're like you're like, hey everybody, we're going to we're going to the roof to see the fireworks. But not fucking you. You're gonna stay in the backyard because I don't fucking know you. It's a very adult decision to make when someone you don't want at a closed <laughs> gathering shows up and you're like, ew, no. I don't have to be polite. I'm grown. <laughs> and so I like the idea that they are they are present but quiet and it's it's almost like and like if you were to like watch that party from the outside perfectly still. Yeah. Because in their mind, because in their mind it like what has happened is that this moment of us sitting by the fu- right if I can can I paint the picture. Yeah, like give me the camera camera wide shot. We see it. Like, we see everybody kind of gathering by the fire. We see all of the knights kind of sitting and laughing and, and you know, uh, tossing little, like, tossing fl- or pieces of kindling into the fire and cracking out their wineskins and laughing and joking. And um, sitting, like, still as a ghost is this is this imposter knight who's just, like, looking around like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. This is so cool. I'm here. Because these are all basically superheroes. They are they, magically they are powerful And this is a beings. fan person who's like, we said they were a, a capital A, like, dungeon crawler, like, you know, loves violence and chaos, a douche adventurer. So they're, like, thrilled to be with the superhero team, thinking that everyone is there for that reason. And there were some who were, but most of them kind of weren't. Um, yeah, and so, like, they're sitting and they're looking, and as we are watching from the outside, like, people are laughing and laughing, and we start to see, like, this moment, the moon in the sky is kind of moving, and it slows, and it slows, and it halts, and, like, it sits quiet, and, like, we see, like, birds in the fl- in the sky flying from tree to tree, and they slow, and they stop, because as this moment... And notably, like, as 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 they are kind of shifting in their armor and sitting around and kind of, like, puffing their chest up, um, we see them also, this imposter also slow down and freeze and just sit very quiet, their chest puffed up a little bit, like, on the cusp of about to say something to Delta, uh, very specifically, <laughs> like, course. on the cusp of about to, like, because I think Delta, like in the moment where time froze for for the imposter, was was bragging about Delta being one of the other knights who was uh one of the more battle minded knights and one oh, of the complete more aggressive. violence asshole like just was murder and violence murder and violence was probably like bragging about some some act of violence that they had committed and this knight was about to jump in with like well I also. Then, like, I think at that moment, the Green Knight very pointedly cuts them off. He's like, yeah, enough about that. We have more important things to talk about. Delta, I'm sure your stories are great. Finish them later. I'm not interested. I love it. I love this a lot. Um, I have an important question for you. Um, is her code name just the Green Knight, or is that, like, a fun nickname? Do we know her real name? I have to think about what I want her real name to be. I have a, a pitch for her last name. Okay. Uh, Jubilee, because it is a time for a time or season for rejoicing. That or like we can hit it on the head with like her name's something Hourglass. No, Jubilee is great. But what's her first name? I am going to propose. Uh, this is a big proposal. Hit me. 
Uh, and I'm going to break down the, lo- the the writer's room logic of why. Gimme. Well, her number, I'm going to say her number is one. Oh, fuck. Let me write this in this book. Holy joke. Okay. What is it? Why? Okay. Her, her number is one because that is the lowest prime number. Oh. And that is like a very like natural concept like the prime number and like one is 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 nature embodied right oh, like it is fuck she's primordial in that way like she's not the first one it's just her number that's the number yeah of the of the of the the seating arrangements she seats she sits <laughs> at seat number one yes. and i don't think that the seat i don't think that the the order of seats has a significance on no, like no 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 it's ran it feel like it's a little random a little symbolic but not in the way of like first is best you know second is second best like not at all they all have a kind of corresponding thing if you remember like eight had something to do with b sharp uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it was Nate. Because it was an eight count. Yes, and that they were a musician. Was their name. Yes. Fuck. Okay. Uh, Boxcars is number six. Be- is no Boxcars is twelve. Twelve. Yeah, Callahan's twelve because Boxcar and all that stuff. Fuck. So why one? Because it's like the it's first. It is. Uh, it is the 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 number that repeats in a Fibonacci sequence. It is. Uh, it is the it is the smallest prime number. It is, which I think actually might also be zero, but I don't remember. Science nerds don't at me. I think one is, I think one is significant, but like every number is divisible by it. And this also tells me a little bit about her character that I think I was kind of like thinking about. Okay. I think that she loves, she like, we've talked about that she loves nature, but I think that she just like loves like talking about nature facts. Okay. In a sense that like. It is it, for her like enjoying nature is not like a passive, you know, it's not the responsibility because, you know, there's the there's the idea that like farming, growing plants, tending to life is like a very like ritualistic, you know, procedural thing. And to her, it's like nature is big and weird and we do not understand all of it. And that fucking rules. I ooh, I like that. Oh, OK. For, can I make a pitch for her first name? Yes. Is her name Rana Jubilee? Rana Jubilee is a great name. Thank you. So, like you said, there's an appreciation for nature. Is it more of like a universal love of nature? I think so. I think the it's ancient like a, essence. Like I think it is a it is a hey, like the, the the stuff that is around us is so big and so weird and so cool. That's a pretty amazing thing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. It's like this this stuff is weird and wild and like why wouldn't you want to just like be around trees like this particular tree acts in this one specific way. Don't you find that fascinating? Yeah, like don't isn't that something that pulls at the very fabric of your being like this idea that when we die we're going to I feel like she's one of these people. We've said on the show that not everybody knows how like the world works. I feel like Rana is someone who is on the cusp of being like, I don't know. I feel like the magic we have is somehow tied to nature. It has to be. It's not all from us. Maybe it's like, you know, I feel like as constant, like a scholar, we would call them, you know, in our world, like a, a scholar of nature and the can universe I, and the world. Can I make a huge pitch? Okay. Because like, this is also a character pitch, the, uh, a pitch concept that I think is cool and I think it's cool if it's not the predominant thing about her character and it's just like a part of who she is and her understanding of the world. Okay. Is she also uh, an AMFC style necromancer? 
She oh, so she can uh, she hears the voices of basically the the ley lines. You know, voices and ghosts and things appear to her, but like it, but like as she has as she understands it, her being on the cusp of understanding is more is not like. There are, ne- there are necromancers like Catch Cavalier that, like, actively lean into it, and they're like, this is going to be a dominant part of my being. She hears this, and she's like, wow, like, really, like, there the echoes of our history really do, like, echo out into the world around us. Oh. That's pretty okay. fucking cool. I really like this take on NAMFC Necromancer, which, by the way, listener, I'm sorry for recapping so much. I just want to be helpful. Hey, Sean and Kian, I know you're listening, and you told me this was helpful. Um, So... When you die, you return your essence, your true essence, who you really were in life based on your actions, returns to the planet, returns to this energy known as the ley lines. And you exist there in some capacity. Your essence does. It's not you, but it's your impact on the world and your life and your contributions to the planet and good or bad. A necromancer can hear your voice, pluck that voice out and kind of give you shape, give you voice or basically interact with that voice. And how I feel like like Catch Cavalier interviews them, you know, wacky game show for people's entertainment for grief. I feel like Rana Jubilee is more of a private uh, uh, interview in the way of like, you hear a voice, you pluck that voice, you shape the person, whether it's just like a glowing orb. You sit down on a tree stump and you talk to them about everything that they've been experiencing since they've been dead in a pursuit of understanding the planet. I want to even pull this further, if I may. Yeah, please. What if it's like she doesn't actually like explicitly pull anything or interview things? It just is part of that. Like, you know, imagine you're sitting in a glen. You're sitting in like a you're sitting in a little clearing in the wood. There is a a, a creek babbling. You are you are watching the fish. Some of the fish are going upstream. It's mating season. You're watching some fish hop out of the water. You're watching this and you sit back and you don't like there's no explicit conversation, but like there is a moment where you feel and you see like like a rowboat on the water as like a single fisherman like grabs one of these fish for dinner. And you see that and you're like, wow, you see someone skipping stones on the lay on the river and like watch them as as the, the person that they would go on to marry, like skip stones together. And you watch that and you're like, people lived lives here. And like that feeds into that 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 sort of piece of like, yeah, I'm gonna die someday, but like I'll be around. Like the places that I Sick. that I live, the the actions that I took, like I will continue to live, even if it's not an explicit understanding that you are like interacting with the forces of the universe. Like you said, I like the idea that she's on the cusp of getting it, but like yeah. not explicitly touching these things herself. Just like Observing. sometimes I see the I see the memories that like exist in places. I like this idea that number one, uh, literally number one, the Green Knight sees essentially the essence of people going about their lives and doing these things. Essentially, sees ghosts. Can she not interact with them? Is that the thing that would keep would take her to a new level of necromancy? I think she probably could if she tried, but like she's never like it's an oh that would be disturbing the natural world, Jeff. Yeah, it's just it's she almost didn't process in life that it was a thing she could do because in her mind it was just the way of the world. Yeah, yeah. not in a not like in a, in a sense of just like. Why would I? Like, why would I want to talk to the people that are just living their lives? Like yeah. you said, it's it is disturbing. It's like, why would I? Why would I? Why would I throw a rock into the river and yes. cause the ripple when I could just 
know that they are living the moments that tre- that they treasure. Yes, it's the it's the same appreciation that when some people I can't stand these kinds of people when they see like a really pretty animal they try to like get its attention and it runs away. This is sort of like it's good enough to kind of enjoy their company or feel their presence. It's sort of like when you're alone and you feel someone in the woods or something that's like a fellow hiker. Even mm-hmm. if you don't acknowledge them, it feels good that there's another person nearby sometimes or even another animal. Like if you hear a bird, you're like, I'm not alone. And it's this level of understanding the universe, the world. And she knows that people, it's a thing that that kind of uh, doesn't happen in our world where people have a place in nature. We at times are at war with the natural world and like uh, kind of shoehorning our place in it and carving out a space when in reality, we have a very natural place in it, uh, whether we like it or not. And I feel like this is someone who's like, no, I'm, I'm I'm happy to enjoy the gifts that the world gives me every day. I'm happy to keep those safe. I cherish them as long as I can. Sometimes I make sure I cherish them a little longer thanks to my gifts. And I encourage others to do the same because at the end, we're just going to return to the dust. And then part of us, a piece of us may rise to live another moment like the per- the fisherman in the pond right you know? i and think that's a it's a beautiful way it's just like it informs her seeing of the world yes and this kind of we you know at the beginning we're like chill as a bottle in her hand you know it, it's kind of like she has a greater understand i feel like every death mage and every piece of fiction wouldn't be so doom and gloom they would be a little more like fuck it literally nothing matters yolo yeah. like they'd be super fun super chill because they'd have a better understanding of the reality of death. And I feel like, number one, Jubil- uh, Rana Jubilee has a really good grasp on life and cherishing moments. And her attunement with nature, what we've just described, is the reason she's able to tap into kind of like the speed of nature and slow things down at a in a controlled space, in a zone. Can she like... Just to have superhero talk, how does it work in like a fight? Does she like um, attach it to like a bow and arrow and fling it at somebody? I think what it is, I think that she notably like does not carry a weapon. Okay. And what it is, is instead like she's a close combat fighter. And it is very specifically like, I am going to get up in your ear and like almost freeze you, either freeze yeah. you or or do the opposite where like... I get this sense of, like, the scariest way to put it is, like, taking moments from you. Okay. Where it's, like, a sense of, like, getting close to you and just whispering, like, a phrase, like, the universe is going to forget you. (laughs) You know, you are in this fight, and then suddenly, like, time around you has shifted, and suddenly, like, you're moving slower because, like, you're reliving lives and events and things, or she sees moments, you know, she sees these moments Ah. echoed in the world and whispers in you, like, you're really lucky that... You fell off your bike before that car hit it. And I, okay, so how that functions, I really like. You said that she can slow you down. Yes, like freeze you in place, obviously, and you're moving very slowly and you're vulnerable. But when you said she takes a moment from you or says like, you know, nothing really matters anyway. How that functions as a way of like combat is she takes the fabric of time, right? Think of it like a bowstring, pulls it back, and then like a slingshot, all of that time hits you all at once and you're seeing moments that are from your life it's all this chaos and cacophony of existence and maybe you wither 
Does yeah. it? You know what I mean? Like, because I want to keep the idea that she can only slow, but it's the idea of she can tug on it and slow it. So she pulls the string back, essentially. When she lets it go, rubber band style, whap, a fuckload of time. This, this, this very essence of existence literally collides with you and you see almost too much and it possibly like maybe that's what like maybe locks you in like a weird stasis of uh i don't know existential dread turned magical attack (laughs) it's you get you get lost in the limbo of your own memories and what could have been and wasn't and what was and like okay i fuck with this very much just like like she like whispers and like imagine like if you're watching this from the outside she like deathly dodges a sword you know, slips past two arrows, deftly dodges a sword, grabs someone by the back of their neck, pulls them in, whispers in their ear, and suddenly, like, they just stand upright, and you just see their eyes go distant, and they just, like, collapse. They don't, you don't see them age, you don't see anything, you just see yeah. them, and it's because suddenly they are experiencing all of these events at once. You are literally experiencing all of time at one moment, and it's literally too much to handle. And so you just pass out. I like this because I didn't I, I wanted to had a fun way that she uses the idea of slowing time, but the idea of pulling it back and collecting it and collecting it and then whapping you with it essentially using her words or her magic is very pleasing to me. I also like it because it's not explicitly deadly. And no, I kind no. of like the idea that that she is she has honed this skill as a as a form of almost pacifism right it's a sense of like if i if i am forced to act i'm going to do it in a way that is going to harm as little as possible so you are going to be overwhelmed and you are going to pass out but you will wake up in the morning if i want you to it's one of those things i feel like is a terrifying power if she didn't have control of if it if she didn't have control i like that i really like that she's like i have this terrifying thing i am using it as gently as possible because I uh, because it would not be right of me to disrupt nature by by ending your story before it's time. Yeah, like if they were to just drop her in the middle of Iron Hill and she were to expand this like radius of time slowing, it would be like, okay, great, Iron Hill existence stasis forever now. The mm-hmm. war is over. We we win. It's done. But she either won't or can't. Which one do you like more? I like I like won't, especially tying into the idea that she used all of this energy, all of this energy and this exertion making ah, instead the seven days prior. Yes. It's like she got and, you know, there are there are rumors told after her death of like she probably could have. She was one of the most powerful. She was one of the most powerful of the knights. She was incredibly she was an incredible warrior. She had such an understanding of this. She could have and simply lied and said she couldn't or maybe she used all of her power making that freezing the world for a week and allowing her friends to celebrate together. Either way, when the actual battle came, she just didn't. Yeah. She did stuff like she participated, you know, froze some people, slowed mm-hmm. some arrows down and you know, battle stuff, but didn't. And I feel like a lot of people were expecting it during the battle. Like when she, I imagine her having one of those tiny Dark Souls buckler shields. That's the, like on her forearm that she uses like to deflect attacks and then like give you a little poke so that you slow down or something. You know, Mm -hmm. she's defensive and agile, like light armor, uh, cool metal plates, but like cool. I don't know. I, I like sleek, agile armor, but when she showed up, I'm sure a lot of the knights, the bat, like the 
combatants on the Iron Hill side were like, oh, fuck, it's number one. Because people know that this is like cataclysmic power in the palm of her hand. But it's just going around touching people, whispering things to people as they, you know, freeze or slow down and things like that. Did some work on the battlefield. But ultimately, Jeff, how'd she die? We, we, we've said in episode like fucking three, essentially, the big Jeremy, of course, gets the, uh, the spectacles from Arthur after Arthur dies, puts them on, gets really bananas powerful and kills a fuckload of people, which in hindsight is so not MFC that it's fun to look back on because it's almost like, oh my God, we, the history of this show is dark, which is kind of our point. But how does she die? What happened? There is a moment when Big Jeremy dons the spectacles. There is an, ex- like we've described like an explosion and a flash of light. Yes. We said that it was a Super Saiyan moment. Oh, it is 100% Gohan Super Saiyan 2 crying eyes goes bananas and I kill lots env- of people. And I envision like in that explosion, one was nearby, maybe, maybe rushing towards it. And when the light faded, there was nothing. May I make a pitch? Please. We said eons ago that Delta number four, let me check my notes. Yeah. Delta number four. If we want to keep this canon, we can. Essentially, the weapons expert can turn anything into a weapon, can use any weapon Delta acquires. They shot Arthur with a <laughs> with a poison, we'll say poison crossbow bolt, right? And Arthur died. <laughs> so, in that moment, was one nearby because in the heat of this battle, you know, there is There are the cries of battle all around them. The mayhem swirls at this moment. Big Jeremy weeps as he holds Arthur in his arms. One, so moved by this, grants Big Jeremy 30 seconds of time with Arthur. But in that moment, that moment of like vulnerability and kindness ultimately cost them, you know, when the explosion happened. I'm going to take that even further. Please. No, you know what? I'm not going to take it further because I like the idea that like I was going to say like it was uh, I've used the last of my magic and I fade into the ether. But I like it much more if it's just like if it is if it is the ultimate understanding of like I am doing this. So you have a moment. You have this moment together when it ends. You're going to explode and I am going to be rendered into dust and part. It is not a it is not a my magic fades and I fade with it. it is a. I'm done. Like, yep. I am not like that. Like a thing is about to happen that is going to destroy me. But at least I can give you a kindness before I do that. We have given we have taken everything from you, Big Jeremy, with this action. The least I can give you It was like the mercy. It was a merciful moment. Like, yeah, you, this is not a brawler. This is not someone who we said craves violence and fucking mayhem. This is someone who in a moment, I feel like the battle slowed down as Arthur fell at both sides turned and looked as Delta fucking, you know, steals basically Arthur's katana and dips the battlefield. We said that happens. <laughs> so, like, things are slowing down. But no one had anticipated the glasses getting put on Jeremy's face and this giant explosion of godlike power that led to a really horrific act in the history of fantasy. But I feel like the moment where Big Jeremy has the glasses on and is talking to Arthur and they're sharing their last moment together. It is in that moment that one is nearby and is like, well, I see what's happening here. And I feel like, may I make a big grand pitch? Yeah. It is in that moment that her power kind of escalated and evolved, whether it's just the proximity to two relics, meaning the spectacles and the prism pendant, something. 
she got a grasp of, even if it's thir- 10 seconds into the future, she knew what was happening and made peace with it. Oh, yeah. And I think that she 100% like, she is like, ah, this is going, like, in moments there is going to be an explosion that is going to end my life. Yep. This is it. I had a good run. And even if it wasn't a direct vision, I feel like just being a power, you know, being a warrior, she just, it was, a, I think it was something worse. I feel like that's a legend where she's like, I, she peered into the future and one saw that it was it and granted big Jeremy a mercy. When in reality, it was this sinking feeling of, oh my God, we did it. We killed Arthur. And then this sinking feeling of, Something bad is about to happen to all of us right now. Because all of the knights were alive at that point, I imagine. And then they weren't. <laughs> you know, Big Jeremy goes, gets Super Saiyan powers and just starts mopping up the squad all by himself. I feel like the reality was they all stood still, the knights on the battlefield, you know, covered in muck and mud and scars and scrapes and cuts as they knew, oh, fuck. Like that moment... And she didn't slow time for her squad so they could get out. I feel like the weight of the horrors that they have witnessed and endured is what she was like. And to you, I can at least give you 15 seconds of joy frozen in time. Or your last moments to share what you'd like to say. And that maybe that's what honestly kept Delta from killing Big Jeremy too. It was this act of kindness. While Delta was like, grabbed Arthur's katana drew it was about to bring it down and stab big jeremy she's like no and she gave him 15 seconds and that's when the glasses went on and kablooey i like that i like that a lot because it it makes it not just like this story of like you know violence and stuff it was more of like what have we done let me at least prevent more unnecessary carnage and after that moment like if you walk through some of the some of the wooded gardens of of dragon, some of the the botanical gardens of dragon, you walk through the you walk through them, you will periodically see a woman sitting practicing her horn. She's very bad at it. <laughs> Sipping from a bot like sip like pouring wine into like a very fine china wine glass and just like sitting writing in a journal like sitting around and then poof her 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 into her essence is gone like the 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 ghost that that walks the world and it is it is strongly felt in forests particularly forests where there's a weird thing yeah they will people people report seeing a a ghostly woman sitting sipping wine and occasionally hear off-key horn music (laughs) big french horn music (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think what makes this like a mystical, magical kind of like not cryptid, but like ghost story is they say that like a lot of people have seen this ghost. It's it's like common, you know, Um, not common, but, you know, for ghost stories all over the world, there are stories of if you see this woman for as long as you're there, time slows and you feel a warmth and a relaxation. And if you're with someone you love. It feels like you had an hour with them in that brief moment. You feel like a spark or a bond strengthen a little bit in your heart with that person. And I think in that moment, like in that hour, you know what I mean? In that hour where time seems to slow after you encounter this this ghostly woman, there is a sense. And I think it 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 tie it is a story that is commonly shared, similar to the story of the ghost that appears to warn you about a horrible thing and then 
the next day, everybody's house is torn down but yours. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the God. I can't tell the you. Gray, what. The gray. The gray man of South Carolina is one of them, or possibly North Carolina. Well, we had it's an episode too about this. Yes. Yeah. But like, it's similar to that, except it's not a horrible thing. But like, in that hour where time seems to slow, and it's kind of maps to where people report to seeing this. There's a weird nature thing. If somebody is minded to look for it, you know what I mean. If somebody is inclined to to see it, if somebody is a, a naturalist or botanist or uh somebody that studies nature and loves nature like in that moment that slows down you might see hey this is a ruby's grave flower like these only pop up in like the one week before uh before the one week before like the winter frost hits like it is a thing where they only pop up the moment before all of the other plants are going to be killed off from the winter frost this is like a very rare plant that not many people see because it's not it only blooms in this very small window. That's a pretty amazing thing. And like it just is it, there's no there's no magic to that plant. It's just a neat plant that exists and you see it and you ha- and in this hour where time has slowed, you appreciate it. You get to you get to see this thing and like people report that when they see the ghostly woman, when they see the woman in the wood, when they see the green night, when they see the green night. It means that there is something weird nearby, something interesting in nature that is worth examining, that is worth exploring and discovering, and it's worth taking time for. I love this. I love this. You know what's fun too, Jeff? In the original Headless Seven, it was a ghost story about seeing, hearing kachunk, kachunk, kachunk in the woods. So and I like it that. was just a guy. It <laughs> was just a guy. <laughs> and now we have a story that was very much not a ghost story, but involves an actual ghost. I am upset. That a rap on a uh, Rana Jubilee number one, the Green Knight. Uh, except that we got to roll on some tables. Hold <laughs> on here. I got a character trait. We're going true to form. That's a four. That's going to be she's a sucker for a pretty face. All right. So I feel like when no. <laughs> God, that felt good. I miss our lore. It's so good. I Ugh. miss just making shit. Like it this is just cool. Ma- yeah, fuck. The Battle of Iron Hill is sick, and I feel like we just put a nice little detail on it that made it less. I don't know. Something bad happened a long time ago. <laughs> no, it's like a story of it is a it is a a, a tragic historic event. But there were people. Like it was also a moment where people were there, and there were stories that happened in that moment, and there were people that lived those moments, and that's the thing to me that is important about this large, terrifying, tragic event is just that the people there were people, and they had lives and perspectives and things that they did and things that they did after, and you know, there's some some stories ended and some stories a chapter ended, and that is the thing that is significant to me. I love it. Oh, God, that was a banger. Thank you so much, Saf, for submitting that brilliant prompt. Um, If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, I know we say it at the end of every episode, if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, but we really do read through fucking all of them. This we do. One is from, <laughs> this one is from September 30th, 2021, so we really do. Um, If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own so that we can make an original fantasy character or rehash some dope story, so many ways you can do it, and there are some really great ones. Jeff, can you share those? You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. 
You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. That's assuming that either of those websites still exist. You know? Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash amfcdiscord and post them in the prompt submission channel, or you can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Boom. Love that. Jeff has multiple podcasts. What's the plural for multiple podcasts? Like cacti or stuff? Podcastum. Pack- <laughs> Fuck. Jeff has several podcastum, and- <laughs> Uh, I, I would like you to share one of these these treasure troves, the title of it and what it's about, with our dear listener right now. I'm going to talk to you about Party of One. It is oh. an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Uh, it's been running for seven years, almost seven and a half years. We have played, I counted, out, not counting the episodes that we pulled because of reasons. Reasons? We play, have played, featured 270 different role-playing games on this show. God damn. Over the past seven years. Um, you can find the show at partyofonepodcast.com. And that is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend. We play a different game. We tell a different story. And we have a really good time. Love it. And in this day and age, it's important to engage with indie g- games, indie creators who are featuring indie games and their creators on the show. Which is uh, Jeff Stormer and Party of One. A verbal hug this week. God, every week, every week. I, I love. I think I'm still gonna say it, I'd even though the say, show comes I'd still out. Say it, but like, <laughs> we might see it. I'm not gonna lie. It might be a month from now. It might be, it, but I, I, I don't. I like so. to keep the energy going because, yeah. like, you know, I enjoy <laughs> it. I'm also so far ahead on Party of One that I'm like. That's fine. I don't really need to schedule party of one. Um, every week, we like to give you a verbal hug that sends you off feeling better than where you started or it keeps the feeling going. It might be advice we need that we want to share or what, something we've experienced that we want to share with you as well. Jeff, do you have anything uh, for this episode? What do I have? I want to say... Be kind, make cool shit with your friends, like treasure the moments. I, I think the theme, you know, to, to tie to the theme of this episode, it is very easy for us to get wrapped up in things. And I think like, you know, relevant to the theme of verbal hugs is a thing that, I, that we need to say to ourselves. It is very easy for those of us that make stuff to get caught up in the grind of making things and the sweep of making things and the the idea of... Well, I have to get this to the finish line. That is a very easy thing to get swept up in. Like you, it's similar. It's like what you were saying at the top of the episode, right? Like it is. Yeah, yeah. It is easy to see the world in a sense of I have to get where I'm going. I have to get to the finish, and I have to hustle and be desperate and like treasure those moments where you are where you are. Is my is my verbal hug. Is my verbal hug. Like yeah. treasure, treasure the moments where you are where you are. And that is incredibly like is because because the, there are going to be moments that you are going to look back and go, I wish that I had spent. I wish that I had spent more time at them, but like do what you can to make those moments happen. Yeah. And I, I my verbal hug is very similar where um this character, obviously, like we love to include magic is fun. Magic is something where you can write things that you wish were real because it would make your life easier or cooler, like flight and stuff. But in this case, it really is a thing of, God, I wish I could just expend a little bit of my energy to slow time, to enjoy things more and savor time with people because it's the one thing that we cannot get fucking back. Mm -hmm. So take some time, lol, and 
really slow down and savor things. And like this, the phrase stop and smell the roses is so fucking real where odds are the thing that's stressing you out now, the little mundane things that are stressing you out now are not going to be on your mind in a year from now, in a month from now. So try to shuffle things out, put things in priority, use your logic tree and uh, really savor and enjoy good times and people and energy. And even if it's just time alone in the morning, sitting on the couch, sipping coffee, really take time and go, I'm enjoying it this morning. I'm not going to future think. I'm not going to worry about things that have not happened yet. And I'm going to enjoy myself. Be like Rana Jubilee and sit at that fire for as long as you fucking can. No, you can't slow time and make it a week, but you can make it the best goddamn fucking 20 minutes, two hours that you can. And you should do that with every situation. Think about Rana Jubilee and, uh, and be number one. No, but um, savor shit. Enjoy it. Enjoy things. Do we do anything else? We talk about other things no, on this I podcast. Think that's it. Oh, what a banger. All right. Well, that's all we do here. So until next time, good, good night, night and, and good, good game. game. Junior Wizards, it's Senior Wizard Aaron here. And first, please ignore the sounds of construction happening in the apartment directly next to me. Of course. Second of all, I hope you enjoyed the story of Rana Jubilee, number one, the Green Knight of Dragon. If you did, my request today is to let us know, whether it's in Discord or on Twitter, let us know what you think of us diving back into the lore of all my fantasy children. Because truth be told, I'm obsessed with it, and I want to keep going, but I also like knowing what you think because I like you. So whether you're listening to this in 2027, 2023, hit me up. Let me know on the Discord, tweet at me, tweet at the account, whatever you need to do. But let me know what you thought of the episode, and let me know if you enjoy the direction that we're going to go in for a little bit of diving into our established lore. And if you ever, ever, ever have any questions or need clarifications, feel free to at me on Twitter, on Discord, wherever you'd like. And I mean it. I look forward to hearing from you. Can't wait to record another episode in a few hours because we're back, baby. I love you. Goodbye.